welcome to Let's Talk Autism podcast. I'm Michelle Davey and this is my co-host. I'm the co-host, it's Christelle here. Hello co-host Christelle. <laughs> hi, hi there. <laughs> Do you like that little laugh? <laughs> you always do some weird laugh at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Christelle is super excited. We're on a serious conversation. We're I don't know when back. you're not excited, Lynch. You've never come on here and said <laughs> super depressed, super like not happy today. I think say I need super to... excited. I need to start the podcast with like a really like different vibe. Like, hi Christelle, really can't be bothered to do the podcast. <laughs> if you're listening, Imagine. I can't be bothered to be doing it. All right. Imagine. If you're listening, don't bother. Might as well not even listen. We're not. We're super excited. We're energy charged because today Mm -hmm. we're talking about. I'm getting all the energy out now. Today we're going to be speaking to Sez, and we're going to be speaking to Jack. Come on, and they are coming on. Really, really interesting conversation we're going to have, and it's going Mm -hmm. to be about ableism, and not just ableism, benevolent ableism. So put your thinking cap on, Christelle. On, yeah, it's on. Wrap yourself in because this is going to be. I don't know what it's going to be. It's going to be a really serious conversation. <laughs> right, let's go. It's going to be something. <laughs> yeah. Right, let's bring them on. Here's Jack and says, Come on down. And welcoming back onto the Let's Talk Autism podcast, we have got two of our utmost favourites. We have got Jack. Good okay. evening. Hello, hello. And we have got Sez. Hi, hi everyone. <laughs> hi. So, so happy to have you both with us today. We we are delving straight into, I don't know, a deep episode, okay? Because mm. when mm. you guys have been on before, we've done really happy. Nice, cheery stuff. <laughs> yeah, Christmas We're moving to the hard stuff now, yeah. We are moving to the serious realms. Okay, so we don't like to to go into you know to to push anything to the side on let's talk no. autism. We have we have covered lots and lots of different topics, but one topic we've never covered, and it's kind of always been there, obviously, is mm. ableism. We obviously know that this is a really, really broad, broad area. Yeah. What we was thinking today is because Christelle and I, to be honest, we're parents of autistic children. You guys are both autistic. Yeah. So we want to know, from, from your point of view, what ableism is. I think it is such a broad topic, as you um, put, Mish. I think the way I, the most overall spectrum that I would define ableism is, it's a person's inability to provide, to say something or a deed or an action that is not done with the mindset of equality for everybody including people who are disabled. That for me is the broadest defined definition. And I think each of us here, be it as a parent of an autistic child or someone who is autistic has experienced it. It could be done by a deed or an action or just a casual comment, but it's something that we come, and I'm sure lots of people who are listening to this as well will have experienced this in some way or another. It can be what could be a very minor throwaway comment, or it could be something deeply hurtful. Um, it's something that is sort of part of the warp and weft of autistic life, and it shouldn't be. But and it is something that I think more people are becoming aware of, and people are thinking more about it and how they are treating people with disabilities and the concept of what actually being disabled is but it's still a process that is ongoing. And I think it's one that um, 
the more we can talk about it and the more we can look at it uh the better it can be so um thank you very much for bringing up such an important topic it is one that i it's always there but it's not one that i think people it's just it sort of hangs in the ether i don't think it's ever we really have a hard fast discussion about it yeah i think i think that's what kind of christelle and i keep mulling over this and then coming mm. back to it and then we kind of have guests say yeah we'll come and speak about it and then it kind of gets forgot not forgotten but kind yeah. of we lose it again and it's like we still haven't covered it <laughs> and <laughs> i think as you like as you're saying you explained it so well there jack and what we kind of we know that this is such a broad subject and we was kind of when we've been looking at things was kind of looking at this sort of area where it says about the language uh, and you touched on that there um jack and it's kind of like that is it benevolent ableism that we i read up and yeah you, can you explain that <laughs> well, I, I, so. I was about to say can someone uh, <laughs> describe that what is that so my interpretation of benevolent ableism is ableism that is done with a person's best interest by, I think it's, there's multiple ways of looking at it. I always kind of see the most simplest way I define benevolent ableism is someone who thinks it's the best way of treating people with disabilities by treating them differently rather than supporting them. I think that's the sort of the nuanced difference for me about what I think is the question of benevolent ableism. It's that kind of kind of like, oh no, don't worry, you don't need to, to do that because you're disabled. It's that kind of like that sort of hidden, it's that almost like that mm. hidden sort of sense of it. It's that kind of, they are aware of your disability and they are thinking about this your disability and thinking about the best way to deal with that disability, but not necessarily in the correct way it can be that kind of that sort of pro that kind of positive negative side of autism like oh gosh I would never have even imagined you're autistic oh you don't look autistic or oh gosh you know I know people are far more autistic than you are it's that kind of feels like this is a, this is a compliment people I can tell you it isn't and I understand where it's come from it's people who feel that saying oh isn't everyone just a little bit autistic that kind of sense of trying to sense that camaraderie that we're all in this together I understand where it comes from and it's not necessarily comes from a deep dark place but it's still not quite right it's still not the right thought processes it's not really the right right way we should be thinking about disability um so that's kind of the way I look at it so could another um, example of this be what one time in school I overheard a teacher um, saying to my son he took a toy off another child mm-hmm. and um, when the other child wanted that toy back the, che- the teacher said oh no it's, it's okay it's so and so just go and get another <laughs> toy which I kind of I did think oh that's a bit <laughs> wrong yeah. I did think that was wrong because I thought I felt like he should still be corrected and encouraged to, to share like any other child. And, yes. you know, just to say to the other child, oh no, it's just so-and-so, just don't worry. Bless him. He can't yeah. help it. He's autistic. Yeah. Bless him. <laughs> yeah. I, I know that feeling quite well, yes. Yeah. So do I. What do you think, <laughs> says on, on that? Oh, this is a hard one. I mean, there's so many reasons I can actually explain um, everything about ableism, but this is the thing that really bugs me the most because when everyone thinks of autism, 
they always target at boys, never at girls. But there have been like people who are raising awareness about um, girls being autistic or on the autistic spectrum and now including um one of my few friends dan who runs the channel called the aspie world and uh, he talks a lot about that on girls as well everyone thinks that when they first hear the word autism that's when the red light comes off they went whoa you don't look autistic <laughs> and it's so hard because people tend to think of autism as having an invisible disability which it's kind of true but not kind of true but it, it i can't really say like what people think about that really because this is the first time i only heard about it about last year just before christmas and that was the first time i heard about it and it was always really interesting to see that ableism is kind of like an autism doesn't exist it's not there because uh, when you try to like say like if you are masking for example now girls are really good at masking if they want to hide their emotions away they just look like an ordinary person but if they show traits like stimming like rocking back and forth or going mm, like uh, flapping their hands and some something like that really that's where everyone thinks ah those are the stereotypes of them being autistic and I can fully remember when I was at drama school and um, when I uh, told uh, my class peers about this, um, they always say to me, oh, you don't look autistic. And I always said in reply, well, looks can be deceiving. And it's true. It's actually true because looks can be uh, deceiving when everyone thinks about it. And for some people it is going to be really hard especially if you come across people who aren't autistic and this is the main worrying thing that i think about especially if it's during um love relationships as well because either i don't know i really cannot speak for everybody because sometimes it could be like a red flag or it could be something else it's and friendships as well it's the same thing but at the end of the day really sharing experiences on ableism this is just my own perspective and then jack of course has his as well everyone is different and i really cannot say for anything else only except myself very well said so <laughs> yeah so I wanted to ask, how do you deal with these kind of comments that people make? Because I, as an, a mother of an autistic boy, sometimes I find it very hard to, to hard to bite my lip, you know. So I watched this program called A Good Doctor. I don't know if anybody else here watches it. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes. Uh, two nods. Misha doesn't mm -hmm. know anything about this. <laughs> I was watching this a group of people. And when The Good Doctor would do certain things, people were saying, yeah, oh yeah 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 autistic people do do they do 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 that and it's like bunching everybody into one group you know and I'm thinking they're all individuals that some of the things that you know um, other autistic um, people go through like being sensitive to light mm -hmm. my son has no problem with that does that make sense so absolutely when you do hear people say certain things how do you deal with it do you sometimes you bite your lips sometimes you say something how, how do you go about it oh this is a tough one i mean everyone is different but um i would probably say in if i was a parent 
I would um, actually um, bring my child to sit down and then just watch like a video, like an educational video on YouTube because the National Autistic Society has done things like that. They actually show uh, people explaining what autism is and um, what's it like um, interacting with an autistic person. If you want to ever show that to a child who isn't autistic, maybe like share it with um that person's friends family and then even your own child as well and then when i was younger i mean i didn't know i was autistic until i was 10 and at the meantime i really couldn't understand why i was different even i was nonverbal until i was five i could never understand why i was different but the one thing i did found out when i was 10 i found out through a social group that my mum and dad um actually um, participated into for me to join into for about six weeks and that was the first time i heard of the word autism my mum and dad never had that talk with me it's only just when i just found out about that and it didn't really settle in with me too well but it takes time it it, it takes like like process and i kind of use that now to talk about my own experiences i mean social media is a really good thing and i would say to people if you want to know and understand about autism always go and follow a content creator because um, i know with content creators like dan and then my other friends connor and then everyone else they got really good videos explaining how we deal with the situations we are in what do we find difficult and all of that so this is something that i would recommend it was harder 20 years ago but now when you got youtube and social media it's just easy simple as and what about you, Jack? You have to gauge it by the person. Certain people are more uh, reflective and you get a better response. I, It's very easy to get het up and very angry at times and you do want to sort of get onto your sort of horse and you want to charge into battle and you want to just go guns blazing. Sometimes you just have to let it go you sometimes you just know you have to pick your battles there's only so much emotional resilience and reservoir of emotion I can spend I mean if there's things that I see or I hear I'm um, particularly on social media it has its great benefits sometimes it can also have its negative ones sometimes it is about especially when it pertains to me I think especially now that I'm a father I think if I had some of the experiences that I know my mum experienced with me as a child. Oh, I think that's it. You know, prepare for battle, guns blazing, <laughs> gloves off. I will, you know, I will defend it. If any person complains about my child because of behaviours or any sort of emotional responses that may be due to being autistic, for instance, I'm not saying my son um, is, but if that happened, you know, prepare prepare yourself yeah. I think that's yeah. it as a person who um, may experience it full on and again this can be quite mild some of the stuff that could be said is quite mild it's just about oh well you know yes indeed quite a few people may display autistic traits but people who are autistic do make an effort to try and ingratiate themselves into society so yes everyone may seem autistic but actually the reality is that we are 
just trying to ingratiate ourselves and actually there's a lot of facets of autism that you never see I mean I'm talking to you people lovely people here you are never going to see me having a meltdown you are not going to see me display the more um, extreme facets of my autistic behavior I can present myself you know as one can my whole life has been geared towards passing as a as close to a neurotypical it never quite works but one can do a good approximation of it but I think it's a question of trying to frame and end it does come across as passive and some and I know there's a lot of people who are very strongly opinionated about it and really will stand for their rights but it's you do find through experience I think as I've gotten older you try and center yourself and be a bit more zen about situations and understanding that actually sometimes a gentle word and gentle understanding and just basic through education just constantly bringing up the conversations and as I said there is so much great content online and it's just trying to introduce that gently and graduate and gradually and actually over time people are oh gosh I never even thought of things like that. And I think over time, people come to a place where they recognize their thought processes, like, isn't everyone a bit autistic? Oh, actually, you're not as autistic as other people. That starts to, those sort of barriers start to break down through more and more information, more and more exposure to it. Um, So I think that's the question. I think you kind of feel like you can cure ableism immediately, but it's it's a long game it's a marathon not a sprint that's I think yeah where um it's one that I've sort of been sort of being in various ways we've sort of been fighting for my whole life and it will continue but it's definitely better than what it was yeah thank you I think do you know what was a real shocker to me I went back to teaching last year if you didn't know and I went back in April and I went back we've been doing this podcast a year by then okay and obviously my son was diagnosed when he was three uh he's now eight so it's been a it's been a, a you know a, a long road of us here and then I go back into teaching and thankfully not the school or the staff where I'm at but then I started you know because I wanted to get back right back into it so I went into education forums teaching forums joined you know sort of like went on a lot of teacher accounts on Instagram Twitter that sort of thing and I was just horrified horrified is the word and I know we're going to go on to this uh, in terms of um education you know ableism in education that's one another like so that Christelle and I have planned but I was actually like whoa <laughs> like just so many things that we've learned on the podcast from those that come on that who are neurodiverse and then when I spoke to like say Senkos like you know the special needs coordinators and then just seen the pure lack of actual knowledge do you know what I mean and I'm just like wow like this is a real shocker to me like it's a real eye-opener that actually people within education as I say definitely not where I'm working they are fantastic and I'm blessed to be at school where they're, they're just so understanding but just talking to other sort of like you know sort of professionals it's kind of like I don't know just really like simple things like with my son that I wouldn't think of and, that, and it is those passed away comments like oh yeah I think he plays up with his autism really and it's like I heard that on a in a chat I was like what how can you play up your autism to get away with something in class like what I just had to remove myself from all of these things like nope nope bye this one I don't like talking to other teachers goodbye all of you goodbye (laughs) 
just horrifying absolutely horrifying some of it and I think as you say you know it's that trying to it's the awareness isn't it I do worry that maybe people when they are professionals they feel like oh I went to university and you know I, I you know I've trained as a special education needs coordinator so I know my stuff but actually do you <laughs> that's what my fear is yeah I think what you're saying is not uncommon and it's something that and I can't speak for says or people who may be listening but it's something I've bore witness to and uh, I think it's also I mean in fairness it is born out of you know education they have themselves which again is based on research and information that is esoteric now and is probably not even relevant and is old-fashioned but it is a lot of that stuff is still being permeated down through the generations of more of new educators and there does need to be a feel like clearing of the house and actually reevaluate the sort of things we are actually learning and actually what we're passing on to people we are trying to educate um I can't even tell you some of the comments I've had I think the most infamous one I've had recently was a woman who said there's too many people being diagnosed with autism just to get access Mm. to funds that was a doctor that was a doctor who was part of a training course she wasn't aware that I was autistic and it's something I wish I'd brought up but I think my husband probably would have yeah, I don't think you would have been that impressed if I went on an hour-long <laughs> rant with her. Um, but she said, if if I was sat at home on a Friday night with my, you know, doctor friends drinking a bottle of Beaujolais, I would surmise that autism could be killed, um, could be caused by people using too many mobile phones. That's were her exact words, that because oh, parents are goodness. looking at their mobile phones too much, they're not interacting with their children thus they are not gaining the social skills therefore they are becoming autistic and obviously as someone who was born in 1987 when mobile phones were extremely rare I can assure you that mobile technology was not a cause of my autism (laughs) yeah and and this is a professional person who is probably paid a great deal of money to educate other people and it becomes this sticky web that kind of permeates more and more people and that information gets disseminated out and out and out further and further along and that's why we end up with these people like you've had to deal with Mish who um sort of parrot these beliefs and this mm. antiquated responses in this system and it's just it's wrong and it's yeah. it's not right it's not born out of listening to autistic voices it's not listening to autistic advocates to the loved ones of autistic people it's not born out of that it is born Mm. out of research and yeah thought process needs to change and people's it needs to evolve and it's changing but it is scary when you uh, see these people in positions of power well I I was going to say with uh, Jack I I had to straight up up to that but um first of all with mobile phones I was born in 1994 so um, again same thing but um I wanted to share like um like two things really because the first time with like autism is caused by mobile phones that's not the only thing that I've heard because I've heard so many people saying that autism is caused by fast food or the most common one, vaccines, especially with the COVID one. And I thought, oh God, how uneducated are you? And it really, really pees me off really to think of that. But then I wanted to like share something because 
with the child's development it's not about looking about their behavior but it's about them uh, interacting with that child and i can fully remember that um all through my school time i've always had one-to-one -one support and then when i was in secondary school I had to have a tutor um, about uh, two to three days a week, just a one-to-one -one tutor who um, was a family friend of my nan's, but she was such a lovely person and I'm so grateful to have her and I still am. And um, it was really interesting because she did help me open up to my things that I enjoyed and she encouraged me to have one-to-one -one acting sessions. So that's how I got to do things like Lambda, English speaking board, and that's uh, made my confidence of uh, communication grow and then also i got exams out of it as well and grades so it, it was that good but then when i was at secondary school doing my gcse's the loan support department at my secondary school um said oh it, there's no point in uh, says doing GCSEs and they were very encouraging for um, their students um, with um, ad additional needs and special needs. This is a Roman girls Catholic school, by the way. They actually thought that if one of their pupils has like a special and additional needs, the best thing to do is that rather than taking them on doing GCSEs, they can actually take them on a course with a college across the road and all they can learn to do is learn how to cook just simple as learning how to cook food. And then my mum was like, no, no way. And um, so they did encourage me to do some GCSEs and um, the loan support department at my school were very worried about that. And I never heard about any of this until my mum, like a few years later after it happened. But um, apparently um, the specialist teachers had a one-to-one -one, one chat with my mum and they said to me that although I'm a very keen learner and I'm trying, they said that um, they could never see me like pass GCSEs, get a job or probably have like a proper life. And my mum was like, never say never. And I still carry this to this very day. And eventually it's because of that I passed GCSEs, not the greatest of grades, but best I can do. And then I went up to drama school, eventually got a university degree and just uh, looking for a job as well. So I have to say as well, don't actually give up on your child or your person really because it's always important to have that social development and make like their lives as normal as like you get really don't feel like they're the odd one out or they should be like they be separate apart because of their needs but just always uh, try to make sure they have a normal upbringing just like everybody else and just try to encourage them to enjoy life while you still can yeah well very said yes <laughs> very wise words from Thursday I wanted to ask you guys if you heard recently an influencer made a comment about everybody having the same 24 hours in a day. I don't know if you heard about it. Yes, yes everyone's nodding. Good, good, mm -hmm. good. Yes. Now, this caused uproar, yeah, mm -hmm. in, in the community. So I just wanted to ask you guys, do you think that, obviously I'm not going to quote, but I think no. the kind of things that she said was basically everybody's on a level playing field, mm -hmm. really truly, and, you know, you can just all achieve if you really just work hard enough. Some people felt like this comment was very unfair because mm -hmm. everybody's 
different and coming from different places yeah. do you guys feel like this is a type of ableism in society that some people have these kind of thoughts yes because and again it wasn't I don't believe the person in question did it based on malicious it wasn't a malicious act it was purely based on the framework or it was basically based on her own lived experience which was as a young you know neuroable white woman the person in question I will not mention the person's name but it was an it was basically a person who had not had the sort of experiences that other people have and it was a generalization and it was a wrong generalization and yes it is a form of ableism but again it boils down to the fact that it's ableism but not done it's not it's a sort of by it's a bifuted yes ableism it's not the I don't think ableism was the uh, her thought process behind it I don't think that was what it was rooted in at all and you sort of see that sort of those sort of comments happen she's not the first person she's not the last person to say oh. it, yes. Oh, I mean, I, even though I have read the comment, I really cannot like describe the words too much. I think, to be honest, though, Jack actually um said the right words there. I can explain more than I did, really. Thanks, guys. I, we put this out there. So I wrote on our Instagram post today on our stories. We'll be talking about ableism on this week's episode. If anyone would like to share any comments or feelings, we're going to share them on this week's show. Now we did a quite a few comments mm-hmm. um a lot kind of what we've covered today one one young lady said everything is a fight my son is two and i'm already very tired mm. there's another one i want to know what you thought about this someone has wrote it's a word that shouldn't be thrown about as much as it is mm. what's your thoughts on that they're they're, they're in shock the thing the bizarre thing is i think the weird thing is, I don't even, I, whenever I hear these comments, I don't immediately point my finger and say, you are ableist. This is ableism, because actually ableism is a concept that we understand very well, because we live in the warp and weft of it. Ableism is still, it's still a quite an, it's a very nebulous concept. It's much it's not something that people have a grasp of. And I think, yes, it can cover a huge range of issues. But that doesn't mean to say it's wrong. And I think it's still important to actually focus on what's been said, not necessarily as a way of condemning the person who said it, but actually underpin why it's been said. What was the processes behind it? What can we actually do to change the the understanding of it and actually rethink about it? Because if people actually looked at it and reverse and actually have a more empathetic way of thinking, actually thought about it from the disabled persons or the loved one of disabled people's experiences I think it would change a great deal I don't think we parrot and say everything is done under a veneer of ableism I think we're just saying that there is ways of changing the thought processes the way we look at disabilities particularly autism the way we feel about autism and the ways that we actually can support people the loved ones of autistic people, the people who, who are autistic, rather than just, you know, attacking them for ableism. I understand where the issue may come from, but I think it is more complicated than just saying that we're just labelling any sort of negative comment as ableism. It's more about actually restructuring 
the strata of society to actually make it more inclusive and provide better equality for everybody. Yeah, I, I think Jack's really, really got the right words for that as well. But this is a really tough one, especially um, in a girl's point of view, really, because um, I always seem to think that if anyone uh, comments on something that's to do with ableism, their confidence gets knocked down just like that with a click of a finger. And this is something that it's really important to address um, in an autistic girl's perspective. And I know we're jumping on from the boys, but um, with the girls especially, it can be more difficult because their lack of confidence really, um, especially on social media, it, it, it affects their mental health. And you don't know, even though you can read the text, you don't really know what the voice tone of that person is saying. Could that person be stressed or could that person feel really insecure and just wants to share about it really just to make them feel better about themselves. And um, but just like turning things in the wrong direction or misinterpreting or misunderstanding. This is something that's really, really confusing and um, it can affect so many people. But what i always assume is that um i'm going to use some disney quotes uh here that i always used to say to myself really when i'm actually saying like this but in bambi if anyone knows the quotes if you can't say something nice don't say nothing at all and if you're frozen just let it go <laughs> but um it's always important really to actually have a sense of what you want to do because rather than just focusing on the comments that bring you down focus on some things that you can bring yourself up or continue the way that you want to do don't actually let things bring you down and this is something that I always have to learn a lot from this, especially on social media, because sometimes I can easily get for a comment like, oh, this person's cyberbullying me. I don't know what to do. And um, I, I think it, we, we do need more education on that, really, and for more people to feel open about it. And I think that's the, the thing that's the problem. It's more about the communication. And if we open up to bits a bit more, then could this whole process be better or maybe not? Who really knows? But talking about it is very important. And that's what I think of it personally. Oh, thank you so much. Guys, it's been absolutely brilliant. It's, it's lovely to have you on for a serious discussion as well as our, as our craziness of the last one with the nativities and all of that. <laughs> it's been really, really insightful. And I hope that, you know, people will learn a lot from this episode. Mm. No, thank you. I think Definitely. it's one... It's something that's only just scratched the surface. There is so many different ways we can talk about it. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Um, and I think it's just for those who are listening, just keep learning, keep understanding, sharing your own experiences, take comfort from other people's experiences. And, you know, day by day, if we can just, you know, educate one person per day, each of us, over time, things will get better there is always positivity and even in my lifetime and I'm sure Cez can say the same things have improved things have improved there is so much more education something like even talking to you guys about it even having a community of loved ones who know people who have got autism or, or are autistic that was not it was unheard of 20 years ago so the fact that here we are in 2022 having these discussions is a step in the right direction 
Oh, thanks so much. And as you said, it's a very broad subject. So you guys will be coming back for us <laughs> an episode very soon. Gird your loins, people. Keep reeling you in, reeling you to in. Be, to be <laughs> continued. Better, really? <laughs> yes. Thank you so much, guys. And we'll speak to you again very soon. Bye. Thank you, Chris. Thank, thank, thank you so much. Bye, Thank you, everybody. Bye,